This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Still the weirdest weather, weirdest winter weather of our lives <laughs> continues uh, here in central Iowa. Hello, if you are in town to watch some uh, girls high school basketball, the state championships today and tomorrow over at Wells Fargo Arena. Uh, my name is Mike Wickett here on ESPN Des Moines. We are going to lead off talking about, I don't know if you heard, but the biggest story in sports that's not the NFL Combine has to do with a young lady that plays basketball in our state. So going to lead off with that. We'll get to some Combine stuff. Kayla Williams talked. Uh, Jaden Daniels talked. J.J. McCarthy talked. Today is quarterback day at the Combine, and we'll get to that coming up in a little bit. But I was driving around yesterday. Maybe I was stopped at a stoplight. Maybe, you know, whatever. Check the phone. Caitlin Clark's going pro. Now, if you go back to October, Caitlin Clark fed us this line early in the year. I'm going to know when I need to know if I want to stay or if I want to go. And I think it was very similar to my college decision. It feels weird. I feel like I'm in, like, the recruiting process in a way again. It's really not something that I think about every single day. It's not something that I let weigh on me. It's like I'm focused on helping this team. The biggest thing is, like, I'm just going to trust my gut. I'm not going to, like, do research on what's better and all this stuff and find data. Like, I'm just going to trust my gut and go with that. And I think that's the most telling thing. And that was the most telling thing for me in my recruiting process. I knew there was a lot of really good options but in my heart I wanted to be here and that's why I selected this place and I think it's going to be the same when I you know make the decision to stay here or leave now Kira we were on the air that day I don't know if you specifically remember what I had to say but if you could summarize maybe if you can go back in the way back <clears throat> machine five months uh and try to remember what my reaction to that was what 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 did I say She's gone. Yes, I did. <laughs> there is. It was nothing about data points and letting the season play out. It was nothing about how much she loves Iowa City or loves the state of Iowa, loves playing for the, the Hawkeyes, loves Coach Bluter, loves the college experience, all that stuff. There was no doubt in my mind on October 6th when she said that. Maybe it was October 5th. But there was no doubt in my mind, the, the day she said that, I said, come on, come on, Caitlin, come on, Caitlin. And I don't think I was going, you know, completely make, breaking down and making the great predictions and the, one of the greatest predictions in the history of sport. I think what I did was take a step back because I know that today some Iowa fans are sad and some Iowa fans are upset and some Iowa fans you know, taking it a step further. She's making a huge mistake. If you can remove yourself from certain situations and look down on them, not in a negative way, but just peer down on them or look at them objectively, there is no way you would look at, and because she hadn't broken Kelsey Plum's scoring record yet, but there's no way any objective person who knows that Caitlin Clark got paid by State Farm, and Caitlin Clark gets paid by Hy-Vee, 
and Caitlin Clark gets paid by Nike, and Caitlin Clark gets paid by Topps Cards, and Caitlin Clark gets paid by, gets paid by, gets paid by. People who are telling me that Caitlin Clark was going to take a pay cut by going to the WNBA don't understand. And I get it. Not everybody understands NIL and endorsements. There's a collective called The Swarm in Iowa City at the university, and they're the ones that collect the money, pay out the NIL. Caitlin Clark doesn't take a nickel. Caitlin Clark's pockets get lined by State Farm and Nike and Gatorade and all of her nine endorsements, big-time endorsements that she has. And I've been saying for five months, five months, those companies can't wait for her to get to the pros. College basketball is wonderful, right? We love college basketball. We got Drake could be going to the NCAA tournament. Iowa State could be one of the top two or three seeds. Iowa, eh. But still, we love college basketball. And you love watching the Iowa women's team play because you love watching Caitlin Clark. As a matter of fact, Caitlin Clark is responsible for the most watched game on six different networks in the history of women's basketball. That is college or pro. You're telling me that Nike is going to be like, all right, have fun in the WNBA. We're going to stick with college athletes? Absolutely not. Caitlin Clark, and I've said this before, is going to be a better pro than she is a college player. She's going to have better talent around her. She's not going to see junk defenses. She's going to be able to make ridiculous passes like we've seen her do the last couple of years. And the women on the the Fever, the Indiana Fever, they have the number one pick. That's who they're taking. Spoiler alert. They're going to catch it. And they're going to go to the rack with it. Or they're going to hit a jumper. Because they're pros. With all due respect to the Iowa, the rest of the Iowa roster, it's not the same. It's just not. Like, I, Gabby Marshall's not playing in the WNBA. Hannah Stolke's not going to play in the WNBA. Nice player, not a WNBA player. I mean, look at Ashley Jones from uh, Iowa State last year. I don't know if she's on a roster, and she's arguably one of the three greatest players in the history of the Iowa State Cyclones. Not playing in the WNBA. I don't, last time I saw she got cut, or maybe she was like the 12th person on the roster in Dallas. Monica Zanuno. Zanano from the championship uh, team last year. They went to the national title game with Iowa. Couldn't make a roster. Got drafted, third round, couldn't make a roster. It's hard. There's not a lot of spots, not a lot of teams. Caitlin Clark is going to go play with better players, and she's going to be better as a member of the Indiana Fever than she is as a member of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I got to tell you, some of the negative reaction you get from people when you say things like this, like, I told you, I was so happy for her, congratulations. When she was a, a student at Dowling Catholic, right down the road in West Des Moines. What's up, West Des Moines? When she was a student there, her dream was to play pro ball. She stayed in state. She goes to Iowa. She plays for the Hawks. She plays for Coach Bluter with her goal to be a pro player. She, is, she has said that. Like, her dream is to play professional basketball. Why on earth would she stick around for a fifth year? Why on earth would she do that? I mean, somebody said to get her degree. Either she already has her degree in four years or she will have her degree. And guess what? To those that think she's going to be missing out on her education, like what happens if a catastrophic injury happens and she, and she can't play basketball? She can go back. <laughs> I mean, you see NFL players go back and finish degrees all the time after their their, their careers are done. Or NBA players go back and they're like, ah, probably should have done something there. 
especially when those guys go broke. Because a lot of NBA players blow all their money. And they're like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? Caitlin Clark, if she all of a sudden wakes up three years from now in Indianapolis and is like, man, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Iowa is going to build a statue of her. She can go there, pet the statue, go back in and finish class and, she, and get finish her degree. Like, it's not a closed door when you leave to go pro somewhere. You still have the chance to go back. And there is no reason for Caitlin Clark to go back to play a fifth year, her COVID year, at Iowa. She has 17 career triple-doubles. There's not a man or woman playing college basketball right now that has more than four. She has six of them this year. She's got 156 threes made this year and counting. That broke the record set by Idaho's Taylor Price back in 2019. She just broke Lynette Woodard's record for the most points scored in major women's college basketball history set in 1981 at a lower level than the NCAA. Of course, you know, she broke Kelsey Plum's record for the most points scored in the history of NCAA women's basketball. And she's about to break Pete Maravich's record for most points scored men or women. We can get into the debate, and it's not much of a debate in my mind. She's not on Pete Maravich's level, despite, and this is not a knock on her. People are going to look at this and look at you attacking her. No, I'm as big of a Caitlin Clark fan as there is. I'm looking at jerseys for my little girls right now to wear because I want them to wear them so that when they see them in pictures, when they get older, my kids are five, four, and four. I want my little girls to wear Caitlin Clark jerseys for the next few years. Get the big one, one size too big, then it fits, you know, fits all the way through. Because I want them to know that their dad was lucky enough, just like you were lucky enough, just like all of us, lucky enough to watch the greatest women's basketball player ever right here in our state. She started in West Des Moines. She went to Iowa City, and she's on her way to Indianapolis. I mean, she is... I'm a, I, I read this story today, this article from Greg Doyle, the Indianapolis star. Greg's a fantastic writer. Caitlin Clark coming to the Indianapolis, coming to Indianapolis this summer because she's turning pro and will be drafted number one overall in April by the WNBA's Indiana Fever. And if you have no idea what that means, if you have no idea how important this is for our city, let me tell you the last time something like this happened. And he goes on to talk about Anthony Richardson getting drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. He continues, this is the biggest news in Indiana Fever history. Let's pause for a second there. Caitlin Clark deciding to turn pro is the biggest news in Indiana Fever history. The Fever won the 2012 WNBA championship. This is bigger. Because I, I'm going to imagine 12 years ago, that barely moved the needle in Indianapolis. And we're talking about a city that loves basketball and a state that loves basketball. But I mean, we all saw Hoosiers, right? There's no state that loves basketball more than Indiana. All right? But I'm going to bet that this is going to sell more tickets than that championship did. This is going to sell more jerseys than that championship did. Caitlin, Greg Doyle continues, Caitlin Clark changes everything. She's the biggest individual draw in women's sports. Think about that. Who's a bigger draw? Like, what female athlete is going to be on TV? That's going to get you to turn on and, you know, whatever network, Fox, Peacock, 
NBC? Nobody? Maybe the, the U.S. women's national team? I mean, I'm not a tennis fan. Coco Goff doesn't do much for me. I, I don't like watching tennis men or women. So if you're a big tennis fan, I apologize if I don't even know who the best female tennis player in the world is. Serena and Venus, they were great to watch, but they're not quite the same. She is the biggest draw in sports. She's Simone Biles. She's Tiger Woods. She's Lionel Messi. Think about if you're a soccer fan, and I'm not a big soccer guy, but I know how big of a deal Lionel Messi is. All right? And Messi signed on with, I think, the Miami team. One of the sales guys here, Chris, is a big soccer fan. And, I, and he and I talk a little bit about soccer, and I kind of mock him because I don't care about soccer all that much. Maybe it was another one of the other guys in the office. They have tickets to Sporting KC. Kurt, actually, from the Star Morning Show. Star 102.5, our sister station. I apologize. He has season tickets. But because Messi and that team from Florida, or Miami, I don't know, is going to be playing at Sporting KC, they're going to sell one of their three tickets and make all of their money back. That's how big of a draw Lionel Messi is in soccer. He came from playing in Europe to the MLS, even at his age, like he's an old soccer player, still dominated the few games that he played in last year or matches that he played in and was a draw every time. Everybody wanted to see Messi. That's who Caitlin Clark is. I believe she's the greatest female player ever. And Indianapolis is going to is going to just be a place where she can thrive. All right. I don't know a lot about Indianapolis. I've never spent a lot of time in Indianapolis. But as you continue to read things from Greg Doyle in this story, citing that bars, restaurants, whatever the town square is, is going to be vibrant when the season tips off. And if you're wondering, you're like, when does the season begin? May 14th. All right, it runs all summer. May 14th through September 19th. That's the Fever's regular season games. I will guarantee you there will be road trips made from central Iowa and everywhere in our state, east a couple of states, to go check out the Indiana Fever to support Caitlin Clark because she's A, incredible to watch, and B, meant so much to our state the last few years that so many other people see her, she's going to grow the WNBA like nobody else has. I was on the air uh, on the, uh, the morning show on Laser today, and somebody said, you know, she's going to change the game. Who else has changed the game like her? I believe the three most influential basketball players in history are Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Steph Curry. They changed a ton of rules because of Wilt. Michael globalized the game. And when Steph Curry kept on bombing away from threes and the Warriors began winning championships, it changed the way basketball was played at every level, including on the women's side for Caitlin Clark. How many comparisons have you heard between Steph and Caitlin? She's going to do that for women's basketball on the next level. Celebrate it. Be happy. I know you're sad because in Iowa, we don't always get the face of a sport, right? People are always like, oh, nobody cares about us. Fly over country, little brother, small town. We only got one pretty big city here in Des Moines. Everything else is tiny. 
But there are so many people. There are so many people that now get to watch her play. Be happy for her. Congratulations. She broke every record. She has nothing left to prove. She never has to buy a beer in the state of Iowa ever. Ever. Probably ever in Indianapolis, too. I don't even know if she drinks beer. I have no clue. But I am so happy for Caitlin Clark. I, I'm, I'm, Like I said, I'm going to get jerseys for my kids. And one day we're going to look back and be able to watch all this Caitlin Clark film. And, and hopefully my kids get into basketball. Who knows? But I, I just cannot be more proud, more excited to see her. And don't forget, three hours north, she's going to play in Minneapolis. She's going to play in Chicago. You know, you can go check out some of these games when the WNBA comes to towns near us here in Des Moines. And a little birdie tells me there could be an exhibition game played in Des Moines before the season begins. All right, switching gears. Coming up, I had a, uh, a life-changing experience this week. Happened live on the air. Somebody in the laser, I'm sorry, in the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page is asking to see it. We'll do that. And uh, it's quarterback day at the NFL Combine. We'll hear from Kayla Williams, J.J. McCarthy, and more next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. You know, you can, uh, you can always watch the show on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. And see what's going on. I just sit here in studio and I stare at a computer and I look over at our producer, Kira. And I pop up my phone to see who's watching, to see the comments that came in. And to see who's tuning in to see the show. My name is Mike Wicket, by the way. This is uh, Wicket's World here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Earlier uh, in the week over on my, uh, during my day job, Laser 103.3, we've been doing a Walking Fed Food Drive for the Food Bank of Iowa. We try to raise as much money as we can for the food bank to help try to eradicate uh, hunger here for those in the state of Iowa that may not have food, may not have money to put food on the table, that are struggling. And so we do challenges. You know, people like to donate, but they definitely like to donate when they see you do stupid stuff or suffer. And I bring up the fact that you can see who's watching on the Facebook page and this conversation because... The first two people to log on to today's show, my mother and my mother-in-law. Because earlier this week, because we raised $2,000 on day one or 1500 bucks on day number one of the food drive, I said I would shave my head. My head has not been shaved like this since 1997. Kira, were you alive in 1997? I was two years old. I shouldn't have asked. I was sitting in a barber chair before my 11th grade pictures, all right? I was in the 11th grade, and I was there with my buddy, Alan, and I don't know what Alan is doing these days. I believe he's got kids now, and he's 42 like I am, living in somewhere in, in the state of Michigan. And I remember I sat down in the chair, and he said, shave it. And I said, what? Because I was talking about shaving my head that year. And the barber, old school barber, not like a Fantastic Sam's, not like a Great Clips, like smoked cigarettes in the barber shop kind of old school barber. He said, you mean like this? And he took the buzzer, the clippers, the razor, and went right down the middle. And I said, all right, I guess we're doing this. And I've never wanted to get my head shaved before. But the last few years, you know, the we, like last year, I got a tattoo. Before that, we did the hot chip challenge. That sucked. The tattoo was fine. I kind of want more. 
Then I get matching ones, I think, for, for my wedding anniversary with my wife. I know. Cute, right? We'll, we, we're in discussions right now. So this year, it was if uh, we get to $1,500, I'll shave my head. That happened in like seven minutes. Money just started pouring in. And I know that I have not seen my mother-in-law uh, in a, since last week, since before the, sha- the head shaving, because I was over at her house chainsawing some branches down. And she said, Michael, are you really going to shave your head? And I said, yeah, you know, we raised this money. It's going to happen tomorrow. And I said, don't worry. It'll grow back by the time we get to Mother's Day. All right, it'll be fine. By the time we get to May, my hair grows quick. And she said, or it might not. My mother-in-law. My mother-in-law said that to me. It might not grow back, Michael. Thank you very much, Carol. Appreciate that. Uh, I haven't seen her this week since the head shaving. Haven't talked to my mom on video chat in Michigan since the head shaving either. Do you think that there's any correlation between this? So when I, I pop on the phone so I can watch and see who is actually, um, you know, watching the, 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 the video right now, my mom was first, my mother-in-law is second, and they haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Until right now, when I took the, the hat off here on the feed so you can actually see. My friend Lindsay is watching. She wanted to said, she said, let's see that hair. It's, uh, I'm really lucky that the weather is what it is these days. Like, it's going to be 80 on Sunday. It's going to be 75 tomorrow and, like, 68 degrees today because I don't have to be outside at all when it's zero. Like, there was that one day it got really cold here this week, and then it popped right back up. The weather here has been really conducive to having a freshly shaved head. <laughs> all right? that's This is where we're at right now. And, and going, I just pop a hat on. Like, I used to wear a lot of hats. Now I don't wear a lot of hats, but I had to pop out the old collection of hats to, to put, you know, to put the, uh, what to cover it up, basically. So that's what, I had a big life-changing experience. Uh, let's see, looks good with a hat on. Ryan writes, the Wicket branded hairline. I do have a good two-car garage. This hairline has been with me forever. Yeah, it looks like, a, it, actually, if you look upside down, it looks like a W on my head. So I got that going for me. Uh, my mother-in-law commenting, oh my. So that's where we're at right now. Had that happen earlier this week. Um, and I had my nose hairs waxed. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, the, the people from Pure Salon and Spa, Kate, who, uh, Katie, who manages the Johnston location, came in, waxed my program director, Andy Hall, who you hear afternoons on laser, waxed his chest. He is still red today. This was all done yesterday. Uh, he waxed my partner Heather's, uh, or she waxed my partner Heather's uh, bikini line, and they did all three of our noses because someone made a five hundred dollar donation <laughs> on the spot. So shout out to Wade for the five hundred dollar donation as we are trying to. And if you want to donate, hey, you got two bucks, five bucks, we'll take it. Text the word Fed F E D uh, to five one five two four four one zero three three. That's our our call in and text line over there on Laser. So and the nose thing. It, basically, they take some warm wax and put it on a popsicle stick and then shove it up your nose. But it doesn't go all the way back. It's not like it's a COVID test. It's supposed to be for the ones you can see. Because the nose hairs that are in the back, I can't believe I'm talking about this on there. The nose hairs that are in the back uh, are the ones that keep the dust and everything from getting into your nose. The ones in the front are the ones that are for show, but not for a good show if they get 
Yeah, if they get long, that's not a good show. They're, they shouldn't be shown. That's why you're supposed to trim them as you age like I'm beginning to age now. So they were they were there, all right? The nose hairs were there. So they put the the uh, the popsicle stick with the, the, the glue up in the front of your nose, and she presses the side so it all sticks and coats. And then once it hardens, once the glue hardens, it's one, two, three, yank. And it's a bit of a shock. My eyes watered. Uh, I have a very sensitive nose. My eyes did water, but after that, like, you know, you want to stick your finger up your nose, but you kind of check. It's really smooth. <laughs> I know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I, I'm just checking all the walls, but it still is really, really smooth. So can you, like, how does it feel? Can you smell everything? Can you, like, do you have, I, I, do you have Spider-Man senses I, I, now I, in your nose? I'm basically a dog. No, I, uh, I, I think it's just... I don't know. I have a pretty good olfactory anyway. Like, I've been able to, I have a very good sense of smell. So, this didn't really change anything. Uh, it doesn't feel raw. It just feels like there's nothing there. You know, kind of kind of like when you shave your head. Like, if you take your hat off, like I took my hat off now, and you go outside or you lay down, it feels weird because there's no hair there. It doesn't feel bad. Then inside of my nose where there's no nasal hairs, nose hairs, doesn't feel bad. It just feels weird still 24 hours later it still feels weird so man we're just mutilating ourselves over there for the for the good of the food bank of iowa it's for a great cause so donate today we got one week left we're trying to blow away last year's goal of twenty thousand dollars so if you can help please do text the word fed f-e-d uh to 515-244-1033 all right and uh, we'll bounce the link right back to you ryan wants to know on the espn des moines facebook page how about for $1,500, will you get a nose ring? I gave my wife the choice of another tattoo or a piercing. And the our daughter chose tattoo. <laughs> she let our daughter choose. But I wouldn't, for $1,500? Yeah. What, what, what would I get? I would get a hoop, right? What would a dude, what's a dude get? I don't Kara, you're cooler than I am. <laughs> What does a dude get? What does feel, a forty-two-year-old father of three living in the suburbs get to pierce his nose? You know what? I think actually a really safe uh, bet for you would actually be a septum piercing. Oh my god! Because you can just flip it up, and then it's invisible. What? Yeah. So if you get the kind, like like, like the cow ring underneath. Uh -huh. So if you get the kind that's like not not a ring ring, but like uh -huh. it's got the two balls on the end, you yeah. can just turn it up, and then well, people can't see it. My biggest concern is this. Allergy season kills me. All right. So I need all I, I need to take away all the focus from my nose as possible. I want to know if I were to get some sort of piercing in my nose. Because anytime in the in, in this until the, the pollen stops falling, which is the worst time of the year for me. I hate spring. I hate it. I know. Baseball season's back. Hooray. I hate baseball season. The first the first half of baseball season. The first time people want to go out and golf, I'm like popping Claritin like it's Pez. All right. I don't want to draw any more attention to my nose that could be sensitive and cause me to go into a sneezing fit. Mm. So if I were to get a piercing of my nose, it would I would prefer to do it in June when the pollen is gone. What if you got the kind that's like actually on the bridge of your nose and then it wouldn't Through affect here? anything? Yeah. You think my mother-in-law's upset about my head? <laughs> You think Carol's upset about my head? 
a big bone through my the septum or the, the bridge of my nose. Kara, I'm going to report you to Carol, my mother-in-law. All right. She is not going to be happy with that. I show up on Mother's Day. You got a big septum piercing. Not happening. All right. We'll get to Caleb Williams. Uh, we'll get to quarterback day at the NFL Combine. Talk a little bit about Justin Fields as well. It seems obvious what's going to happen, right? That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. We got a lot of college basketball coming up this weekend. We have the Drake men playing tomorrow. Drake women as well this weekend. Got a lot going on. Getting ready to get to March Madness. Arch Madness is coming up next week uh, for the Drake Bulldogs. It's Again, the Missouri Valley Conference is always a one-bid le- one league. Uh, so Drake, who right now I think is in second place behind Indiana State, got to uh, win that MVC tournament next week in St. Louis to get their, uh, their ticket punch to the big dance. By the way, I don't even know the guy's actual name. But he's, I think he's a white dude. I think he's Italian, and he plays for Indiana State. His nickname, he's huge, big dude, heavier set guy. Not fat, but bigger dude. Uh, his nickname is Cream Abdul-Jabbar. I think that is so funny. Some people are going to be offended by that. But I think that is so dang funny. Cream Abdul-Jabbar. Because he wears goggles like Kareem did, and he plays center mostly. It's a really good nickname. It's really good. <laughs> Uh, NFL Combine going on in Indianapolis. Boy, India's got a lot of... Indianapolis getting all the attention right now with Caitlin Clark going to be drafted by the Fever coming up in April. We got the draft in Detroit in April, but the Combine is in Indy this week. And it's quarterback day. All the quarterbacks are speaking today uh, at the NFL Combine. Focus, of course, on Caleb Williams. And the USC quarterback, heavily, heavily favored to go number one, most likely to the Chicago Bears. I do not believe Caleb Williams is this guaranteed prospect like everybody else does. Uh, I just, I watched him not perform great against really good teams and beat up on really bad teams when he was at USC, surrounded by a ton of NFL talent. Like, he, he, he dipped from year, when he won the Heisman two years ago to last season, his numbers dipped. And people are going to be like, well, he lost Jordan Addison, the receiver now playing for the Vikings. It's still USC. You know, it's not like USC under Lincoln Riley struggles to recruit. They got dudes off Georgia's team that transferred a year after Georgia won the national championship. Like USC still draws. It's still Los Angeles. It's still the Trojans. It's still Lincoln Riley. It's still nothing but four and five star kids that he's throwing to. But he didn't have the great year. You know, he won the Heisman two years ago. And then this year, I think they were eight and four, something along those lines. And if you read between the tea leaves, when he didn't play in the bowl game, a lot of the other guys on the USC squad were happy, you know, because somebody else played quarterback. And I'm not going to tell you who. I didn't watch a lot of USC after if Caleb Williams wasn't playing. I mean, the guy has flashes of the Patrick Mahomes stuff, the improvising, the moving, the arm angles, the guy who can get out of the pocket and make ridiculous throws. But those seemingly were always against teams that weren't great. Yet still, and I get it, five-star kid, went to Oklahoma, followed Riley out to USC, transferred when Lincoln Riley got the job, won the Heisman, 
you know, playing a quarterback at a pretty high level. What I like about him, at least, is his confidence. You know, he says he's going to go number one. It's not a thought in my mind. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm that I'm not going to be number one. Um, I think I put in all the all the hard work, um, all of the you know the time, effort, energy um, into into you know being that. Um, so you know, I don't think of a plan B. That's that's kind of how I do things in my life. I don't think of a plan B. Stay on plan A, um, and then when things don't work out. He might wind up going number two. He might wind up going somewhere else. But in all likelihood, I mean, he's the heavy betting favorite to go number one. And, you know, I do like the fact that we get the same answer because to all my friends in the media, and I've been in sports talk for a long time, to all my friends in the media, why do we ask questions we already know the answer to? Like, when you ask a draft pick, especially a high-profile draft pick, where do you want to get drafted? What do you expect them to say? Do you expect Caleb Williams to say, I want to go to the Chiefs. I want to go to the Packers. I want to go to this team. They always give you this answer. The main thing that I've, you know, if they if they ask me or if it comes up, the main thing that I've said, I, I want to go to a place that wants to win. Oh. Um, a whole, a whole, you know, 360. So, I mean, in the, from the top. All the way to you know the guys, um, and 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 down to the down to the the, the janitors, the people that um, you know that, that that you know make everything run. Um, you know, it's just everybody wants to win. Everybody's a part of that, and 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 you know we all take care of each other. You want to go to a place that wants to win. What's his answer going to be? Like that's with all due respect to my brothers and sisters in the media. What do you actually expect his answer to be? Hey, where do you want to go? Not Chicago. Not Washington. I mean, I'd really like to go to Detroit and go play for the Lions. Like, what's he going to say with a question like that? Uh, Bears are sitting on the clock. They hold the keys to the draft. Most people expect Chicago to sit there and make the pick and take Williams unless some ridiculous offer comes around. And that way, Chicago could still draft a quarterback. It might wind up being Justin Fields. It's going to be Caleb Williams. So what does Caleb think about the Bears? The Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven and ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that. I don't compare myself to the other guys. Hold on um, one second. You know that's there. Stop that for a second, there. please, Kira. Can someone sound less excited about being the number one pick and going to the Bears? Can you play that whole thing from the beginning? Like, I I don't know what my answer would be, and I don't know what my expectation of an answer would be for uh, Caleb Williams. But, like, he doesn't sound excited about Chicago at all. The Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe. Wrong. and uh, Seven and seven to ten, sorry. And, Couldn't even and, get that um, right. You know, that's... That's pretty good for a team that has the first pick. Um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, it's if pretty, you go into a situation pretty exciting. Like that. It doesn't sound at all exciting. I don't compare myself to other guys, um, you know, that's there or been there. Um, I think I'm my own player. And, um, you know, I, I, I tend to like to, you know, create history and, and rewrite history doesn't sound excited at all to go to Chicago. And maybe he's playing his cards the right way. Maybe his agent, his team, were telling him, hey, just answer things down the middle. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. 
He just doesn't sound very confident, very excited about going to play for the Bears. And by the way, why would you? Imagine the pressure of being drafted to play quarterback by the Bears, especially right now. They thought they had their savior three years ago when they wound up with Justin Fields. I remember talking to Bears fans, listening to Chicago sports radio, watching all these Bears fans go nuts on social media. The new king in the north. Aaron Rodgers, watch out. And I said, Justin Fields sucks. But there's a lot of pressure when you're the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I mean, it's a major, it's a world-class city. There are 10 million people in that city. The Bears are the draw. And the Bears haven't had a quarterback, haven't drafted a quarterback or had a quarterback that's been great. And you know the name, Sid Luckman. Who played, let me do the math here, 80 years ago. We're talking about a dude who played in the 40s. So the pressure of being drafted by the Bears to play quarterback has to be enormous. It's enormous at any, uh, I'm sorry, in any city. But the pressure to play quarterback for the Bears and to be the, they always say, the best since Sid Luckman. We've been hearing that for a while. Jay Cutler, when they traded for him, the best since Sid Luckman. Jay Cutler had all the talent in the world. His head was the problem. Justin Fields, the best since Sid Luckman. And now it's going to be Caleb Williams, the best since Sid Luckman. The amount of, like, I get it if Caleb Williams doesn't want to go play for the Bears. They have, that is where quarterback careers have gone to die. That is where quarterbacks have gone and had nothing but failure because they haven't been able to put things together. You know, they got some pieces. I like Roshan Johnson. I like, uh, you got to like DJ Moore, right? Their defense was a top 10 defense, especially in the second half of the year when they made the trade for Montez Sweat. They got a ton of cap space again this year. Like, things should get better in Chicago, but it all depends on that quarterback. And it's going to, the first sign of struggle from Caleb Williams, and he's a rookie, he's probably going to struggle. I mean, not everybody is C.J. Stroud. More of them are like more quarterbacks that come in the league are like Bryce Young than they are C.J. Stroud. But the moment Caleb Williams struggles in week one, week two, week four, let's say he struggles for the first month. Are they going to be calling for Tyson Bajant? Is he still on that roster? I don't even know. Are people? I, I, I know there are people in Chicago Danny Parkin. So I was trying to get on the show today. I hope we'll get him on uh, next week. Chicago sports radio host. He already has a Bears jersey with the name Williams on the back. He's already done it. There's a chance they trade out of that spot. There's a chance, very small, that they move on and go with a different guy. Don't go with Caleb Williams. But he's such a heavy favorite to go number one to Chicago. Imagine the pressure right now. Like, you're doing these interviews with all these teams. Maybe he's talking to Washington. Maybe he's talking to New England. Maybe he's talking to the Giants. And in the back of my mind, he knows he's going to go to Chicago. He's not even working out at the Combine. Heck, he's not even doing measurables at the Combine. ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum said that's a mistake. Yeah, he's making a mistake, in my opinion, by not doing more medicals. You know, let me tell you guys a story. Like, going back to 2009, we're sitting there with the 17th pick of the draft, and I'm having a big argument with Matt Stafford's agent saying, hey, we want to meet with Matt Stafford. We want to work him out. And they're like, you're crazy. 
you're sitting there at 17. And I knew we had a chance to get the five. I was hoping there was a chance we could go from five to one. And obviously we went up drafting Mark Sanchez with the fifth pick. The point is this, like, you don't know, like what happens if again, the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings say, Hey, we're all in and we're going to try to get to one. If I'm Caleb Williams, I want as many teams interested in me as possible. And I'm taking as many of those uh, physicals. I got nothing to hide. I got everything to be proud of. So that's how I would approach it if I was him. It does kind of seem fishy. Like, why wouldn't you do height, weight, body mass, fat mass, whatever? I don't know what you do with the body index. Why wouldn't you give more teams that chance? I mean, he's right. Where are the Vikings at? I have the NFL draft order right here. Uh, The Vikings are sitting at 11. Denver is at 12. The Raiders are at 13. The Saints are at 14. What if all of a sudden Denver, and you know they're going to move on from Russell Wilson, Denver knows they're starting over, they're going to be in cap hell because of Russ's contract. Wouldn't you want to at least meet the Broncos? Give them a height and weight, your body mass. And I know he's going to have his own pro day to do this kind of thing at at USC, but but still, like, to me, I kind of agree with Tannenbaum. Like, you're kind of hiding something unless you really are going to perfect. Okay, I'm at 212, but I need to get to 213 and a half. That's the number that I want to get at weight-wise. Or, I, you know, I, I'm at 222, but I want to get down to 217 because I just had a couple of uh, extra cheeseburgers, so I don't want to weigh myself in Indy. I'll wait till I get back to L.A. I can work out harder. Like, to me, that's what this kind of signifies. But if you impress Denver... And I get it. You don't want to throw at the combine. You don't want to damage your draft stock of being number one. That's fine. I, I get that. But what if Denver's like, okay, good interview. We like the height and weight, the official height and weight. We're going to mortgage some picks to move up to Chicago and blow them away. We'll give away three first-round picks for you. I get it. Why wouldn't you want more teams to want you? He's going to go one or he's going to go two. It's going to be one of those two teams. So it, 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 to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Now, in Chicago, there still is a guy sitting there they drafted three years ago that is, right now, QB1 for the Bears. What's the market like today for Justin Fields? We'll find out coming up next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Talking about the NFL draft, the NFL Combine going on. Somebody asked me if I was going to go to the NFL draft. It's in Detroit, where all my family is. I haven't figured that out yet. So maybe solid, maybe because it's not one of those. Because I went to the draft in Kansas City last year, and it was a boys' trip. We drank a lot of beverages. We were up late. It was a dude's trip, right? Football. You know how if you go to a town where your family is and you don't visit your family, you're the bad son? But you, I love my family, and it's in Detroit, so, like, I should go. But then do I bring the kids? I don't want to bring the kids to the draft. Like, there's, you imagine my three monstrous children running around where there's half a million people there for the NFL draft. It's in downtown. It's in a place called Hart Plaza. It's right across, like the Detroit River is there. Windsor, Windsor, Ontario is on the other side. So I, I don't know. So if I, we'll see, we'll see. Next year after that, by the way, it's in Green Bay. 
Can I? Can I? You think I can talk my wife into letting me go to the draft three years in a row? Kansas City, Detroit, and then Green Bay. Are you kidding me? By the way, they're going to have to figure out a way to have the Amtrak run from Milwaukee to Green Bay just nonstop because there's not enough hotels in Green Bay alone for the draft. <laughs> That's, there's a reason why there will never be a Super Bowl in Green Bay besides the weather. There's a reason. It's because they don't have hotels. That is the biggest factor in all of this. Chicago looking to uh, select likely Caleb Williams, top of the draft. Uh, we've just heard from Caleb along with a few others. We're going to hear from J.J. McCarthy here in a moment. Also, uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU. But Justin Fields is still sitting there as the quarterback. And I think if you're a betting man, you know Fields is in all likelihood not going to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He didn't live up to his draft, uh, draft stock. I don't. You just don't see him getting any better. He's a guy that has incredible legs, but in this league, you got to be able to throw. He takes too long to let plays to, to, to be able to process information when plays develop. He's not the most accurate guy. When you watch some of the film breakdown, if you ever watch, oh, who's the guy that runs the QB school? It's fantastic. It's a dude that played in the NFL for a long time. I can't think of the guy's name right now. Can you Google the QB school? Uh, it's on YouTube or just Google it and you'll find it. Please, Kira. Thank you. Um, but he played in the NFL and he breaks down film really, really well. And he was so in love with the film, like on Jordan Love or Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But when you watch him break down Justin Fields' film, he destroys Justin Fields. So there are teams out there, as we know, that are looking to maybe acquire Justin Fields. And I'm not 100% sure why. <laughs> Unless it's a definite upgrade because you have nobody at quarterback. Like the teams that are, are looking at fields, Atlanta is the odds-on favorite to Adam. He's from Georgia. They've got Drake London. they got Kyle Pitts. they got B. John Robinson. Pittsburgh is a name you're hearing as well. The Russell Wilson's name is being associated with the Steelers. they got George Pickens. They've got uh, uh, Deontay. I'm not in fantasy football mode. Uh, they've got another one, Deontay Johnson. Easy for me. they got a great backfield. So would fields fit in there? What's the QB? JT. JT O'Sullivan. Yeah, JT yeah. O'Sullivan. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. He it's it's fantastic. If you ever want to watch it, go to the QB school on YouTube. There's a free version and then there's a Patreon version which has more stuff. But so I, I'm looking at 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 Justin Fields and where he can go. And I, I came across this from ESPN's Dan Graziano, who covers the Bears. And said, look, it's it's not a real robust market right now for Justin Fields. There's some questions arising about sort of just how robust the market will be for Justin Fields. And, you know, you look at potential destinations, you start to hear a lot about the Atlanta Falcons uh, possibly being interested in Kirk Cousins if he gets mm. out of Minnesota and hits the open market. And if, if he's their top choice and goes there, that takes away a spot because the Bears probably aren't trading Fields to the Vikings in their own division. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Pittsburgh talking up Kenny Pickett. Are they going to try and run it back with him? And if so, would that mean they're not a suitor? So you do start to wonder, as you talk to people around here, if there's going to be a strong market. I do think they will move him, assuming they decide to stay put and make the pick. I do think they'll move him, but it could affect the value that they're able to get back in return for him. I don't think they're going to get a ton for Justin Fields. A, he has not proven he can play at a high level consistently in the NFL. He's not proven that he can 
process information on the on the football field, which you have to be able to do in some of these complex NFL offenses. So if I know that, and you know that, GMs around the league know that. They're not like I've seen some ridiculous, mostly from Bears fans and Bears blogs. I've seen some ridiculous trade offers, like a first and a third for Justin Fields, or a one this year and a one next year, or two twos. I don't think Justin Fields right now is worth more than a third at best. Because again, if you know Fields can't play right now and get you to a Super Bowl, and I know Fields can't get you to a Super Bowl, every NFL GM, the GM down there in Atlanta, the GM in Pittsburgh, they know that Justin Fields can't get you to a Super Bowl. So why give up an asset like a first-round pick or a second-round pick to get a guy who can't do it at the same level as Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, the great play Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, my guy Jordan Love, like what Jared Goff. And it's funny, you mentioned he mentioned Kirk Cousins in there. Most people think Cousins winds up back in Minnesota, but who knows? In my mind, the best move for the Vikings, because they're sitting there at 11. The best move for the Vikings, in my mind, give Kirk the two-year deal, draft J.J. McCarthy. If you can do that and let McCarthy sit for two years or three or whatever, just like Jordan Love did in Green Bay, just like Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay, because J.J. McCarthy right now is so young. He just turned 21. He didn't throw the ball a ton at Michigan. He threw it efficiently, and they won a lot of games. But Michigan ran the ball a lot under Jim Harbaugh. And they played great defense under Jim Harbaugh. He won a lot of football games, but he doesn't have the most eye-popping statistics of these other guys like Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams. So in my mind, he's got to learn still to play in a system. And man, oh man, would that be a smart move? Or maybe Detroit's picking way down at 29, right? But it would be a great fit for Detroit, too, to do the same thing. Or the Rams at 19, where you have a veteran who can still play and win you games and makes you a contender like Cousins or Stafford or Goff. But then you get the guy. The, the smart teams know you don't wait until you need a quarterback to draft a quarterback. All right? And right now, L.A., Detroit, Minnesota, should they sign? Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins back. They don't need a quarterback, but they will in two years because Matt Stafford's not getting any younger. Jared Goff, not getting any younger. Give those guys the bag now, the $50 million a year contract, whatever. I think that's what Stafford's making or something close to that, and then find yourself a quarterback. And speaking of J.J. Uh, JJ McCarthy, he's been walking around talking to all these teams as well and was asked what his meetings have like uh, been like with some of these NFL franchises. I would say just let them know who I am. You know, that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't know. And, you know, it's not just, you know, putting on a front. Like, I want them to actually understand that I truly love the game of football. I truly love my teammates and want to do nothing but win football games. Seattle would be another team, by the way, sitting there at 16 for J.J. McCarthy, if he should slide that far. You got Geno Smith there, but I think Geno Smith's 32, 33. Not an elite quarterback, good quarterback, puts up big numbers and they win some games. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN knows that J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan is a wild card right now. It's unique to this whole thing is J.J. McCarthy. So that's why I think, you know, Sean Payton at 12, yeah, where's he going to go? Who's going to be the Broncos quarterback? 
Good luck on that. You're in the ASC. You're in a division with Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah, is this the point in time where he said, I can't get this wrong? And you're taking a quarterback that I think is the most difficult player in this draft to evaluate in terms of first-rounders. So it may be the most difficult quarterback to evaluate in years. Now, we missed on some of those, but we at least knew what we thought. We could be wrong, but we at least knew. We had a, you know, a little conviction about that guy, good or bad. Here with J.J. McCarthy, I just throw up my arms and say, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. I have no idea what to make of J.J. Because, again, efficient, good numbers, won games, doesn't blow you away with his numbers. You know, didn't throw 40 touchdowns or 30 touchdowns and run for 20 more like uh, like Jaden Daniels did at LSU. Now, imagine, like, if, if you are, okay, again, I think the worst thing you can do for a quarterback is, is draft him and make him start. Listen to where Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN thinks J.J. McCarthy could go. He could go four. I can see Atlanta trading up to four if they have to, and here's why. The style of play that Michigan had over the last two years just didn't wasn't conducive to having the massive statistics we've talked about with these other guys, but he has all the ability in the world. He has much better athleticism than people realize. I went to a bunch of their practices over the last two years. He's an innate leader, and at the most high-leverage moments, Greeny, he played extremely well. You're going to see quarterbacks probably go one, two, three. Chicago, Washington, New England. It's going to be Kayla Williams and then figure out where you want to slot. Drake May from Carolina, Jaden Daniels from LSU, who I think actually was going to be the best out of this group. I had C.J. Stroud as my number one QB coming out of last year's draft. Right now, I look like a genius. Two years from now, could be an idiot. Who knows? Maybe Bryce Young is better. Maybe Will Levis is better. But I've got... Caleb going one, Jaden Daniels two, and then I'm not sure if New England's going to go with Drake May or not. Maybe they try to reload around Mac Jones. I doubt it, but this next five-week stretch that we've got, six weeks until we get to the NFL draft in Detroit, you're going to hear all these names, all this smokescreen stuff. But if I'm a team right now that's got a veteran quarterback, I'm looking to add one of these guys and let them learn for two years. I think J.J. McCarthy's perfect in Minnesota behind Kirk if they get him for two, or perfect in Seattle behind Geno Smith if they can get to him at 16. That's it? And I've got some stuff I didn't even get a chance to get to. We'll do it coming up next week. Miss Anything podcast at ESPNDesMoines.com. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. We'll do it again coming up next Friday. My name is Mike Wickett. Thanks for listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.